Hi, trendsetters. Welcome to another episode of That Trendy Therapist. So today's episode is going to be a little different than those of my previous episodes because it's pretty personal. It's actually more personal, I think, than I've gotten ever maybe on this podcast um, in the sense of like relationships and my story. Um, I know that I've spoken a little bit about my battle with anorexia back in high school and uh, a little bit about my OCD, but never really about like interpersonal relationships and things of that nature. And I realized that I think a lot of times, and for me, for me, especially in the past, like when I was going through things that I was going through, you know, I always wished like, cause I never had an older sister, um, or someone that had been through similar things before that I felt like I could go and talk to, that I wanted to be that person for other people. And that, you know, because sometimes all you really need is to know that there's light on the other side of things. Um, Sometimes that's just kind of the hope and the motivation that you need, that things can get better. Um, And so if I could use any of my story and anything that I went through as difficult as it might've been for me, to help other people, that to me is more meaning than I could ever ask for. So so I wanted to tell a story, um, obviously a true story, that was about a toxic relationship that went on um, for a year and a half-ish to two years of my life. Um, I would say about six, seven years ago now. Um, So basically this began um, maybe eight years ago. Oh, again, time these days, guys, we don't even know. But it began in uh, 2012. So basically, um, you know, I guess I'll preface this all with a couple of things. First of all, um, I don't think that any of this is going to veer on triggering language. But just in case anybody might be triggered by talk about uh drug addiction or um just addiction in general something like that trauma in terms of a toxic relationship like things like that then I wouldn't tune into this this is not your episode but um that's the first thing and the second thing that I want to say is that like I said this is really a vulnerable subject one which like I haven't spoken about publicly I've only spoken about obviously with people in my life so I haven't actually sat down and just like talked about it in a pretty long time now. And yeah, so if I am kind of stumbling over my words or hesitating at parts, it's because I'm, I'm thinking it through as I'm going. And as you guys know, I don't really edit my episodes. Um, I like them to be as real and raw as possible because that's me feeling like I'm speaking directly to you guys from my heart. So that's the same with this. And I'm going to just try to get through it at once in one sitting and yeah so with that said let's just dive in okay so after college um I didn't know what I was going to be doing career-wise in my life I had moved home which these days is more common than ever um to move home for you know a couple years or so get your bearings uh before going back out into the world and that's what I did um which in my you know for my journey my story makes sense considering I was anorexic in high school, so I left to to college when I was like still sick, not fully myself, go to college for four years, 
And I, that's a whole different story. I mean, I will make another episode about my college experience, but it was crazy. But after those four years, you know, I still was getting my bearings as to like where I was going. And, you know, I call this my deer in the headlights phase because I'm the type of person, I have a lot of different areas of interest and specialties and focus. So I never kind of knew, like, it never felt like there was only like one thing I could do. And so with that, I just felt overwhelmed about making the right decision career wise. And I wanted to pick something that I was going to, you know, be super passionate about because I'm the type of person that if I'm not super passionate about something, I'm not going to go for it like full throttle. So I you know, obviously had put to bed the whole acting thing. I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I went to college, I got a degree, I'm going to try to use my skills with that. I mean, that was my BA was in writing. So I didn't know if I was going to go more that route or something unrelated. Anyways, it put me in this predicament of feeling really, really confused, obviously, and just kind of lost at that point, because you know, there were the people around me that just kind of went to college and like went either straight to a grad program or just knew what they wanted to do from day one, um, didn't have a career change, just like were just following their family's path, whatever it was. So like looking around me, it felt like, okay, everybody else knew what they were doing, which I just want to say like, that's such a big misperception that I feel like we all have sometimes. It's almost like this sort of like imposter syndrome with life that we feel like, okay, everybody else has it figured out. Nobody has it figured out. And I think as I've gotten older, you know, I've realized that you always feel like, okay, you're going to hit this certain age and like, it's going to be, you're going to have a different take on everything. And yes, you grow and evolve and you learn things along the way and adapt those into your life. But, you know, I think that at the same time, you are never just at the point where like everything is like figured out and like you're always still learning and you're always still growing and it's part of the journey. But I think with social media and, you know, this really kind of cutthroat world we live in, especially like in New York and like certain areas like, you know, I live, it, it's really, it's tough to not compare. It's tough to not look around and say, oh, is this person doing something that I should be doing? And, you know, with that, it's really just about coming back to your story, your truth and what works for you. But, you know, at the time when I just got out of college and like I said, I was sick with anorexia going into college, I still had a lot of growing up to do. And so, you know, I was feeling like, you know, wow, I should know what I'm doing, even though I shouldn't have just known what I was doing. I mean, I was so young at that point, but in the moment it felt, the world felt so scary. It felt so big. It felt like wow, if I do the wrong thing right now, if I pick the wrong career wise or path career wise, then what does that mean? And like, I am somewhat of a perfectionist and type A for sure person. And I just was afraid. I thought if I made the wrong decision, then like, oh, my whole life's going to be fucked up, which is ridiculous. But I think we perfectionists know that mentality. So nonetheless, I was, I wouldn't say in the best place, like, just mentally and emotionally because I felt very lost and lonely too. I mean, moving home from college, it's not a move everyone does, although I did have some friends that were home at the time, but altogether, I mean, I definitely was lonely and I, you know, at that point I was single and I had been home from college just, you know, for a bit of time. So I graduated in May, 2012. And, um, so it was Thanksgiving Eve and everyone, as we all know, go to, 
goes to a bar on Thanksgiving Eve um, in their town, usually. And that's what I did with my friends that year. And, um, you know, there was a kid that was in the year above me from high school. It was somebody that I knew. Um, My high school is the kind of, you know, high school that you know everybody. But um, he was in a very different crowd than I was. Um, The grade above me in general, we always kind of made jokes as a grade that the grade above us was like the bad kids they got a lot of detention and like we kind of lost privileges for certain things because of them. So we would always say they fucked things up for us, whatever. But there was like a certain group, I would say in particular, of like bad kids, quote unquote, like the bad boys, where, you know, they had this like alert to them, very mysterious, whatever, the classic like bad boy type. And, you know, I think for me, I always like, you know, I, ne- I don't think I had like a bad boy type necessarily but there I was drawn to that and you know I also have to think about like my past in acting and the arts I'm very deep I can get very moody you know like creative that's kind of my vibe and so like I always felt more drawn to people that could go there and those sometimes happen to be those kids and you know I also felt like I could just have talks about like just real shit with them so anyways especially at this point in my life, the idea of a bad boy was incredibly intriguing. And this kid was there. And nonetheless, we basically just ended up starting to date, like really right after that, you know, after that night that we hung out there. And so I can't tell you how bizarre that would have been if I knew that I was going to date this person in high school, because let me just tell you, high school Emma was like the most innocent person ever. Not that I'm like really not innocent now or anything, but definitely like not like this. Like I would go to the parties, but I wouldn't drink because I was, you know, obviously sick with anorexia. And like, as we know, people that deal with restriction, sometimes, you know, the calories and alcohol becomes a thing. And, you know, I think that was part of it, but it was also just the scary feeling of losing control and so much of my eating disorder was about maintaining control and all of that so you know I wasn't drinking I wasn't like certainly wasn't you know smoking weed doing drugs like I wasn't doing any of that so the idea that I would be with this this particular person who was in this crowd that would get like detention every day and suspended and would like go out and like smoke weed like outside of school that was totally not something anyone would have guessed ever so but that's but that's the crazy thing about it, right? Is that I was so not myself at this point in my life because I just was lost. Like I really was like a shell of myself. I hadn't also ever gone through that phase in high school where I was rebelling, which like a lot of my friends did. They were out past curfew or, and I didn't have a curfew by the way because I never broke it. Like I wasn't, you know, my parents trusted me. They knew I was not doing anything. So why would they give me a curfew? But you know, my friends would sneak out or this or that. And like, I just didn't, I, that wasn't something I did. So this whole kind of phase in my life to me was also about rebellion a little bit and just wanting to live a little bit on the wild side. And I think also a huge escape, you know, I think the whole relationship for me was an escape of, from reality. Um, and I think that's true about a lot of toxic relationships is that you know, they're, they're an escape for sure because they're all consuming and, you know, you just kind of lose track of what's real. And, you know, certainly in my situation, I just felt so disconnected from like everything outside of me in the relationship because 
like I said, it was, it was just like all I could think about. And, and it was because there was so much to it. It was a roller coaster the entire time of like really intense highs, really low lows, which usually is characteristic of a toxic relationship. Um, everyone is different. Of course, mine is not like, you know, an abusive relationship. That's, you know, one form of a toxic relationship, maybe not physically abusive though, but I think, you know, there were points that were emotionally, you know, abusive, but I think it was more so driven by the fact that my ex-boyfriend was um, addicted to, I'm not going to name the name, but a type of pill. And it was something I didn't know early on. I knew he was a bad boy. I knew that he was always kind of, you know, I always said he was like driving on the edge of disaster. It always felt like we were one step away from disaster whenever I was with him because he just, everything was like, you know, driving fast and like, like literally just everything was like such a wild ride. But that said, like, I didn't know that he was a drug addict in the beginning. I never would have gotten involved with a drug addict. That's a different story. And I'm not defining him as that, by the way, like I'm, I know I'm using the term drug addict, but I don't think an addiction defines the person. I mean, this is not a bad person. It's just he was obviously struggling and really, really lost in his own ways. And I think that's the other thing with toxic relationships is that when two people are feeling so lost, like they almost bond on that, that feeling of, you know, hey, we're both lonely, like let's be lonely together. And I know that that's what we did. And we were both kind of using one another to kind of distract from whatever it was that we were going through. And, you know, obviously this is all things that I learned after the fact. But in the moment, you know, I just thought, you know, I convinced myself like, wow, I must like be really into this guy. I mean, I think deep down I knew like, okay, this isn't right. I mean, I had that feeling, but I ignored it. And obviously that's something I learned after the fact as well. But the fact is, you will know when something's not right for you in your gut, but you're not going to listen to it until you're ready to listen to it. And I wasn't ready. I was intensely scared of, you know, leaving him. I had tried a few times and I went back because, and you know, that's again, another pattern in toxic relationships is you try to free yourself of it. And then you feel like, wow, I can't actually, I don't want to do that because I don't know if I'm enough on my own. And, you know, I just, I had lost sight of who I was. So I didn't have any you know, ability to be like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, leave him. Cause I, I was like, what am I going to? Like, I didn't know what my career was going to be. I didn't, you know, have all of that stuff figured out. So I just thought to myself, what am I, you know, turning my back on this for? Like I, I didn't, I wasn't brave enough at the, at that point to be like, okay, I can actually figure this out. I can like figure my life out. I don't need to be with this person. Um, And so I stayed. I stayed longer, way longer than I should have stayed. Um, And I think it's also because, you know, I was somewhat addicted to him and and the relationship because, like I said, it was such an intense relationship that that intensity was something that, you know, I craved because the rest of my life, like, I didn't have that passion. Like, I had not something that I was like really, 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 okay, this is what I'm doing and a a direct path. So I got addicted to the kind of excitement and chaos of this relationship and it became all consuming. Now that I'm in a happy, healthy marriage is it's so vastly different that it's hard for me to actually even 
think about this or even talk about this because it doesn't feel like it was from this lifetime. That is how different I was operating as a whole, right? And so, you know, what ended up happening was that, you know, the, the, the longer that I stayed, obviously the harder it was to get out of. And, you know, that's my first piece of advice is that if you at all feel like this isn't right, whatever relationship you're in, you need to get out like as soon as possible. But that said, if you don't, it doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or something's wrong with you. It means that maybe you're not ready yet, but you have to start to decide to get ready now. Like for example, there were a few times where I broke up with said ex-boyfriend and I had to prepare myself. Like I remember deciding one of these nights that I was with him, I was like, all right, I know this needs to end, but like I didn't have the strength in the moment to do it, but I prepared myself and I spent like whatever it was a week or so, you know, talking to my parents about it and like talking to myself, like amping myself up and like my therapist at the time and just really just getting myself to a place emotionally where I was like, okay, I know what's happening. I'm prepared. I'm ready. So that by the time I had the conversation with him, like, I was prepared, right? And, or as prepared as I could have been. And so that's like one piece of advice. Like, yes, on the one hand, you should get out of things as soon as you realize they're bad. However, I'm also here to say, like, I wasn't able to do it like right away when I realized something was wrong. Um, And that's okay. Um, But you can get there. And I want you to know that you can make that decision. I mean, it's really hard. And I know that there were moments that I felt like, okay, I, this is this my life? You know, can I never get out of this? And I always knew, though, that the vision I had for myself and who I knew that I was and was meant to be was not that person. And that I literally had just lost myself for a second there. And I look back and I feel just so much compassion. Like, I wish I could just give myself a hug, a huge hug, when I was going through that because I remember just, like, the pain that I was feeling. And, you know... I just want to hug my younger self and be like, Emma, like you, you're meant for so much more and you know this and you're stronger than this. And yes, you're not yourself right now. And yes, you don't have it figured out, but you're going to figure it out. Just hang in there and have faith. And a day that I called my mom and I was like, okay, can you come pick me up? Like I need, I need to go now. And I brought all my stuff down to the car and I just remember feeling like, okay, I have like... I don't know what, what I'm going to. It's almost like when you're on the monkey bars, like when I know this is a random reference, but bear with me because it makes sense. You're on a a monkey bar and one of your hands is in midair. Like you're reaching for the other one and you're not there yet, but you know, it's there because you see it and you're going to grab it. It's that moment, but you're having faith that you're not going to fall. You're going to get the other monkey bar because you know, you can, you've done this a million times. Like you've picked yourself up and like, that's the thing. I am incredibly resilient and I know that I had already overcome an eating disorder. I had been through my fair share of like, you know, other things in my life that were hardships and shown myself how much of a strong, resilient, badass bitch that I am. And I was like, all right, yes, I don't know what the exact next steps are going to be, but I know that I'm going to make it through it because I've done it before. And Emma DeMar is not somebody that just gives up in life and just throws her hands up. So I kind of just went down real, real deep into that part of me that was like, wow, it's just that like knowing beyond words. And I knew that this wasn't the end of the story for me by any means. I knew it was going to be really hard and it was really hard for a while there. I 
really struggled with it because I didn't have something else to just like go to. The monkey bar ahead of me was, you know, not that clear at that moment. But I just, I knew it was going to be something. I just didn't know what. And so after that relationship, I spent a lot of time building myself back up. And and that's another thing that I really want to stress with you guys is that it is so important to give yourself that time. I mean, we all know that jumping from relationship to relationship is never a good thing, but it's it's because of the fact that, especially when you go through a toxic relationship, you know, or something that was, you know, pretty intense, you need to give yourself time to come back to you. And obviously for me, I, I needed to refine myself, but, you know, taking that time, and I know it's lonely, and and I know it can be really painful and, and I went through it, but that said, like taking that time is so much better than jumping into something else that is never going to actually probably work because you don't even know who yourself is at that point. You're still not mended from the previous relationship. So how can you just like start anew the next day? Right? So I, I went through it. I literally, I let myself be angry. I let myself be completely you know, crying my eyes out. Like I I let myself go through all of that pain and torment. And, you know, the interesting thing about this is that it wasn't that, oh, I was so in love with this person because I, in hindsight, I wasn't. I was addicted. I was addicted to the feeling of it. And I, I just wanted someone there, you know, I just wanted an escape. And then I had none. Then I was back in my house and my family's house and I had to face it. I had to be like, okay, now I actually have to sit here and figure out what it is that I'm doing. I can't escape anymore. And that was the biggest blessing I could have asked for because that time was when I really started to, you know, I had actually towards the end of our relationship when I was starting to realize, okay, this isn't going to last. I need to get myself back on my feet. I had applied to grad school and that's actually when I started my MSW program. So I had met my husband at that point. I met him a year after Matt, my husband, like, that was the next person that I was with after this relationship. And, and I only could get there because I really did the work. Like I really did the work. I sat, I really let myself feel my emotions. I processed it. I wrote about it constantly. I, I spent so much time just like reflecting and with my therapist, with myself, with my mom, with dad, with anybody, you know, that like was close to me that I confided in. And yeah, I just really started to realize like, wow, like the more that I was out of the relationship, the clearer that I saw it. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that, that I, that I was in that, you know, and that I gave up so much of who I was or like the things I loved, the people I loved in my life for this relationship. And it just, it made me really sad, but I also, I I just am the type of person that I know that everything happens for a reason, guys. And you know, I'm not the type that goes through something clearly and, and that's the end of it. Like I make meaning out of it and allow it to, and I make it make me better. Like I did with the eating disorder. Now I'm a therapist for eating disorders. Like that's just the kind of person that I am. I guess I knew that going through this toxic relationship was going to mean something in my life. And I knew I was going to talk about it one day. I didn't know when that was going to be. I knew it was going to be down the road because I needed to fully like be, you know, when something's that toxic and painful, you have to be far enough away from it to have, in my opinion, a well thought out discussion about it. So I wanted to do it when the time was right. But, you know, I'm at a point now where I could talk about it without being 
really emotional about it at all because I'm not affected by it in the way that I was, but it took time. And I I do want to stress that as well. Like give yourself the time. Like there is no should in terms of like how long it should take you or what it should look like to get over a relationship of that sort or any relationship, by the way. Um, and I didn't put a time limit on it either for myself. I, I gave myself the time and made my, made the space for myself to really sit with it and process. And, and, and I encourage you all to do that too. Like whoever's listening out here that really, you know, is going through it, like take your time, you know? I mean, we always feel like we have to get on with it and, you know, not let ourselves mope around for too long. Why? Like, what's this idea of like, we can't sit with our feelings. Like that is what makes us stronger. Being able to sit with your feelings and cry it out and name them and talk about them. Like that is the strongest, baddest bitch you can be guys. Like seriously, you don't know how few people actually do that. And so if you can do that, like you're ahead of the game guys. So yeah, I mean, I just knew that I was going to use my story to help others, especially, you know, people like younger me who are going through it, who are lost, who are feeling confused, who don't know what they're going to do next in their life. Like, I'm telling you, like, I didn't, you know, I I really felt like deer in the headlights. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Guys, like, I just, I didn't know. Um, I knew a lot of things that I could do. But like, again, I was paralyzed with this fear of like making the wrong decision. And, um, you know, and I think that's another episode that I'll I'll definitely do one about like this deer in the headlights phase and how I decided on my career path and all of that more in depth. But but yeah, and I think that your relationships are a reflection of where you're at in your life. And and I want to stress that too because you know, obviously now I'm in a healthy marriage and that's be- in a happy healthy marriage. That's because of the fact that, you know, I've gotten to the place where and I did before I met Matt. Where And look, we're, we're always still growing and learning. I don't want to say you have to be a finished product of who you are because that doesn't make sense. Like, we're never finished. Like, but so anyway, again, another episode. That's when I met Matt and, and all of that. But, but yeah, so I want to close this out by saying a few things. So one of the things I want to say is that if you are in a toxic relationship, there is hope. There is hope. You can get out of it no matter how bad it is. You might have to tell somebody if you are in a physically toxic relationship, abusive relationship, something where your life is in danger, please, please reach out. Um, I, I just can't stress that enough. I know there's a lot of shame and secrecy involved in terms of a toxic relationship and that won't go away by just like not talking about it, guys. Like it's just gonna get harder and harder to speak up if the longer that you stay so even again if you don't see what that monkey bar is in front of you you if you know it's there if you know that like okay I'm gonna get through this even if it's like gonna be a nightmare take the chance because it really will be worth it like there will be a time and and you know I I want to say this here because I feel like this explains so so much when I was in the toxic relationship I remember feeling like the opposite of calm. I was like always charged. Like there was, whether it was really low or really high, like there was so much emotion in, in, in a very unhealthy way. Not in like, you know, oh, this is just passionate. Like, no, this is, you know, very unhealthy highs and lows. Um, when I met Matt, 
the reason I knew it was different is because I, and they say that this is how you know, I felt the sense of calm. I felt literally the word home came into my head when I hugged him. I know that's going to sound really corny, but it is true. I felt safe. I felt at at ease. I felt completely myself and completely held and loved for myself all in that like first hug. Um, And I felt recognized. We saw each other. Our souls really just saw each other in that moment. And, you know, and I think that that's the thing is like a toxic relationship is not going to feel like that. Like, like a healthy relationship feels comfortable. Like you can be completely yourself and like, yes, you can still have the passion and the fire and all of that. And, and still not have it be like the roller coaster and, it's a type of fulfillment that is completely different. And if you're somebody that is addicted to the highs and the lows, like you might think, okay, well, you know, if I don't have that, then it's, it's not exciting. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's extremely exciting in a very different way, in a very adult, mature, you know, deeply fulfilling way. Actually, like I had that relationship to show me exactly what I didn't want in a relationship. And because it helped me grow as a person and figure out, okay, this is who I am and, and this is what was holding me back. And, you know, this is the type of thing that gets in the way of me being my best self. Yeah, that said, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to share this piece of uh, my story with you guys and hope that it made at least one of you feel less alone in your toxic relationship or whatever your struggle is right now. Um, and give you guys hope that it really can get better and you can turn your entire life around and you can find a relationship in which you can completely be yourself and be loved for that unconditionally. So with that said, I hope you guys had a great time listening and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye guys.